This is a Heart and Hand production. Welcome back to another episode of the Crow Pod, and joining me, Shane, this week, of course, Mr. David Edgar. Hello, David. Hello, everyone. Shane, Todd. Yes. How are you, Dane? <laughs> See, what I did there, what I did there, right, was I took the the way that we say doing in Scotland, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but it sounds exactly the same as Dane, which is where... If you come from Denmark, that's where you're known from. And Celtic <laughs> lost to a team from Denmark. So we've started off this week with a colloquial pun. And I mean, where else <laughs> on the internet do you get that sort of stuff for free? Yeah. Uh, I am the Photoshop of Big Ange screaming in the bushes. <laughs> Hi, Todd. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Poor Big Flange, man. I mean, just... Uh, I did like his his very... Very, very quick decision to move to what's well, not my fault. Um, <laughs> some some people feel when they go into a job that perhaps you you know you need to be loyal to 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 those who gave you the job in tough times. But quite clearly, he's he's totally gone for the for the uh, Billy Zane and Titanic move of mm-hmm. nope, fuck that, give me a child, I'm on that lifeboat. Right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, had they let him pick any part of his uh, backroom staff, you, you know, he might be on the hook for some of this. He but, said, uh... he said those coaches are excellent, and that—that's a quote that Kennedy instructed. <laughs> yeah, but vet... he also—he also said their 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 uh, their season campaign starts on Sunday. Sunday, so yeah. he's, <laughs> very, he may be slightly confused. Very little. <laughs> Very little in my life actually cheers me or, or thrills me as much as seeing Gavin Strachan with his little iPad thingy. Um, because I do strongly suspect that he's sitting there going, right, what you do is you need to move three crystals of the same colour together. And mm-hmm. then what happens is is that they crash and you get points for it. Because it should have shitty tactics he's going through. <laughs> I am actually quite angry at him right now because... Uh, I, I got busy yesterday and suddenly my phone started lighting up and I went, what the, and I went, Oh shit, that's today. And I forgot to place the bet against Celtic. Nah. And, uh, I, that could have been a tidy earner. A you little... know, I mean, to be fair, you could put money on to drop points at the weekend. <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I, I that's I my, my <laughs> secondary bet is always a Rangers win and a drop point Celtic. And, um, all I can say is I got a fancy new watch from last year. It's well, nice. I'm not sure you'll get huge odds on that one this weekend. I mean, here's the thing, right? I don't often watch Celtic, right? Genuinely, not not because I'm super staunch, but just um, I get I don't enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, the, because I really, really want them to lose. So <laughs> and also because they tend to win, then I walk away going. Fah, rah, rah. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's not you know some sort of staunch credential I'm playing. It just uh, the I tend to be a reverse jinx, but I did. I, I was so confident that they would go out, so I, I did watch the game. And look, here's the thing: Mitchell and are rotten. 
Michelin are really, really bad at football. Um, see if you go over the aggregate or the next tie against PSV. I think if you go for PSV plus seven, mm-hmm. you'll probably be in the ballpark. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's that. That's not me being hypercritical. They they do the money ball thing, and they're at the bit in the cycle, you know, where you've just brought in a lot of a lot of youngsters and you've sold off. That's how it's supposed to work, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm not being uber critical of them, but they were very bad. They couldn't string passes together. They didn't attack Celtic. In fact, the worst thing Celtic did last night was score, because at that point, Michelin went, "We should probably have a go at this defence, which we haven't really bothered doing <laughs> for the the one." Seriously, <laughs> and then when they did, Celtic just couldn't cope. But the other thing that would worry me if I was a Celtic fan, apart from everything, is that my God, did they die in extra time? They had no fitness well, whatsoever. Well, David, David, you don't stop at halftime; you stop at full time. Yes. Uh, the problem is when there's extra time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's see, see, Ange, Ange, Ange didn't think about that part. He forgot about that part. It might. Well, he, from what you know, the, the, he thought they deserved the three points in the first game. Well, so, well he, he also thinks it's not over. Which I, I really, somebody <laughs> needs to sit down and clarify how, like, you know, your competition works. Mm-hmm. Um when your season actually starts. See, you know, I mean, just right. some of this basic stuff that he might want to get his head wrapped around. But that, <laughs> that he would have learned if he had a coaching qualification. Right. <laughs> yes. There's so many things that kind of all come together to make this lovely little gift basket for us. Well, I, I was looking here, too, because there were some of the, the, the pundits, you know, in their camp going on about how, you know, this is ridiculous and we, we might not even be a Europa League team. We, you know, we're, we're going to have to sell for this poxy, the, the Intertoto Cup. But Dundalk would be one of the sides that they could draw mm-hmm. in that. And we, and we could finally settle who has the worst defense in Europe since they, they were joint level for the most goals conceded in the <laughs> last year. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we could get to the. I mean, that's one of those dream matchups that you really look for to answer those kinds of questions. Yeah, and as, as Todd says, it's coming together for us. And I think that I'm a, I'm surprised at how settled I am about it because normally when things are going on like this, I'm waiting for the kick in the nuts. You know, I, I think it's just conditioning from the last ten years and and just being a bit. But I really I, I knew they were going out last night. I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident they'll drop points at the weekend. And maybe that's a sign of just how big the decline is that this stuff that we think oh that could happen because we all know how much we clung to oh you know they could get beat here and and, and it didn't really happen when we were kind of in the shit. But mm-hmm. now it's happening and it's happening. As Todd said, you know he's, he's watched his testament to how regularly. <laughs> It has happened. I I loved. I must admit, right? Rangers fans were complaining about the Premier Sports. Basically, they did just hire the production company uh, who do Celtic TV. That's not an exact. We're not being funny there. That's not a joke. No, that's, that's what. Yeah, that's exactly literally what, what they did. Yeah. <laughs> so the 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 only difference was the host was Daryl Curry as opposed to at Celtic. It would be who's that? We Fanny with a clipboard. Uh, Jerry. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the 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 one that looks like a constipated blackbird, him. Um, <laughs> he he uh, would be the host, and and he wasn't on this. Uh, but apart from that, it was the and they went straight into Celtic TV mode, and I can kind of understand that because 
at the end of the day, they're a subscription channel and they know that the people buying this will be Celtic fans. Rangers fans, if they're watching it, it's because we've signed up for previous games and forgot to cancel, um, <laughs> which was certainly my case. Um, but the third polishing they were attempting up until, and I will say this for Michael Stewart, who I, who I think is an idiot, right? But he even had the sense in the last 10 minutes of extra time to go, shit, I better start piling in because they're really bad. And <laughs> I've, I've just spent 110 minutes looking for the positives, but, you know, they, they're really, really bad. And then he began to kind of take the take the bark off the wood. Well, I, I don't, I'm just trying to figure out who they're going to, I mean, let's just start from the back, right? Who's going who's gonna to be in goals at the weekend? Cause, right. I mean, Bain's, Bain's a, a, a bomb scare in his own right. Of course, Barkas still has not made a save, which I, I don't I, – there's no statistical model of goalkeeping that says after 23 first team appearances, you have not somehow stood in front of a ball that's been shot at you while you're in goals. <laughs> I don't understand how it works. It's, it's, it's like he has written on the back of his gloves. You can use your hands. <laughs> yeah, but he can't, yeah, but he's got it written in English and he only speaks Greek because <laughs> It, it doesn't I, just, I mean, at some be. point, though, somebody has to kick a ball directly at you and it bounces off of you and it doesn't go into the goal. Are you think just by luck? Yes. Yeah. 23 full matches and it hasn't happened once. It's because he, he takes his arms out of the way when a ball's traveling towards <laughs> it. You know, he really does. And then the the goal's on, on Saturday against West Ham. And yeah, yeah, it's a friendly. But somebody said to me about the, the Antonio goal, they said, you really need to see this, his positioning. And I thought, how bad can his positioning be? And then I saw it and I went, oh, you were right. <laughs> I, I will admit to being wrong on that one. And it was just, you know, it, it was just terrible. And then... Uh, you know, everybody's filtering into Ibrox. It's hot, genuinely hot um, for once in Scotland. And we're playing Real Madrid and the team played terrifically well. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I the, just the mental gymnastics that they're already having to flip through of, of, you know, they were trying to do the thing before the game. Like it's going to be a West Ham B team. It's going to be a good run out. Holy shit, it's 6-2. Well, you guys were actually playing the Madrid C team. And it's like... Do you? I mean, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. The way our trip to the banter years started was being defrauded, and then having Scottish football trying to pillar us into the ground. Yes, mm-hmm. they just suck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they missed they, Champions League qualification. They they missed free pass almost the Champions League qualification. Now four years in a row. So there's 120 million quid that you pissed away. Um. And you spent five million pounds on a goalie who isn't a goalie. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you. This is the thing that I know. Todd's a Radiohead. They did it to themselves. And they did, and that's, that's what, what really hurts. Really yeah. um, <laughs> but that th- this is the thing. It's like it's nothing. Yeah, we we did get better, right? A lot better. Um, oh yeah. But, but yeah. that was you could you should really have planned for that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you know even just worst case scenario, you say right, what if Rangers build a good side? We need we we still have the advantages and we should be able to overcome that. And and I, I look, I think that it's difficult for us because we're all supporters to take a step back and just look at it from the outside looking in. But if you you can do that to a degree. 
you will see that there's a reason the bookies have got the odds that they've got because there's just absolutely nothing at all to indicate and, and we were discussing this the other day about the daily record and they brought out their village idiot gordon parks now can you imagine <laughs> being the village idiot of the daily record right that that is like I, I, that's like being the boldest mitchell brother right i mean it's really it's an achievement in itself and they're, they're doing the predictor league now i know it's clickbait shite i know that right but Gordon Parts, Celtic will win the league. You can't predict that at the moment mm-hmm. with any legitimacy. It's just faith. And faith is fine for football fans. That's what keeps us going. That's what kept us going throughout that horror show that was the, the 2010s. Mm-hmm. But if you're paid to assess something logically, right, Rangers were 25 points better than them. Rangers not only haven't lost any key players, they've they've added at least yep. two key players. No. Um, they look, you know, confident, and the the, the preseason is showing that they're they're kind of getting up to speed quickly. Celtic have got a new manager. They haven't made many signings. They've lost a lot of players. The the star players that are still there at best look disinterested. I mean, <laughs> Edward and Cham have at least as much contempt for them as we do, and. I, I'm honestly shocked. That, I mean, th- those the fact that those who haven't lost their work visas somehow and just right. were like, "Oh shit, we've we gotta go back to the continent." I, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next old firm game where we can have Gerard saying, "Okay, lads, keep it tight." Okay, uh, you know, uh, Haji, move a little west. You know, like you know, go go uh, further downfield. You know, wide, and uh, Ange will be yelling, "Hey, get off your phones!" Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that that game will be quite tight, but then it will kick off. Aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's uh, here's the thing too. I want to I want to go back to like they did it to themselves. Like you you could see the amount of money that they were spending, and they were spending it because they could spend it. And yeah. that sounds familiar, doesn't it? But yeah. it it seems to me that we have sort of learned from that. I mean, like when there was a lot a lot of debate of spending seven million on Kent and. He was he was put under a microscope for about the first month or so because of that, because this was a lot of money. And I love that that's the case, that there is going to be sort of like you know, post-purchase audits and, and making sure that we are making the right decisions. And, you know, yeah, we luck out with like spending 50 grand on on Camara, you know, and, and that is great. But it seems to me that the mentality has shifted significantly between us and them in that we are because we've been where we've been. They don't know. They had they had basically uh, the parents were away and the kids had run of the house for the weekend. Yeah. So they were just having a big old party and not really caring well, well, and not having to put a lot of that, effort in. And not then, only that, but like, you know, the 21 the year old, their captain fucked off as soon as mom and dad came home. Exactly. <laughs> I think it, you're right. We've we've grown accustomed to sort of husbanding the resources quite carefully because we've had to. And you're right. Whenever we have had a big spend, a lot of time and thought went into it. I mean, it was a guy the manager knew. He'd been at the club for a year on loan. He was young. Yeah. There would clearly be a sell on. All of that was, you know, brought in before it was done. Mm-hmm. But. I, I don't. This is. I don't see us just charging about spending money at the moment that that we don't really have. And, and I mean, basically, also it would come down because directors know that it's coming out. Let's face it, of their mm-hmm. 
of their own bank account, really, at the moment. So, of course, that's going to be a natural um, a natural hindrance to that. But, yeah, I just uh, like I say, I was sitting there watching us play Real Madrid. And, and look, yeah, it wasn't the, the it certainly wasn't the C team, but it wasn't the first choice team. I get that. No. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, although we were missing Joe Aribo, Kumar Roof. You know, yeah, I mean, so Alfred Morales wasn't. Alfred yeah, Morales, I mean. you know, three of our three three pretty nailed on starters, and um, it wasn't the the, the the first team in there a bit behind us and yada yada yada. And I don't give a fuck, right? It's a Scottish team beating Real Madrid, and if we can't celebrate that in any format, mm-hmm. a friendly or whatever, then then no, that's that's when you start to get into just that kind of silly parochialism that well, I- that's Scottish football. I th- you know, so to what both of you were saying too, and like for them to sit there um, and not react, you know, when we went from saying having I, I don't know Nikki Law in the center of the park to Stephen Davis, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and their reaction was, well, we'll just keep Scott Brown. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, well, what 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 did he do against the midfield with Stephen Davis in it the first time that happened, right? I mean, he's always been better than him. He's still better than him. He's the British record all-time caps leader amongst the you know the four home nations. Like what mm-hmm. what 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 was what was the plan? Like I I understand <laughs> I understand their fans' um, contempt for Lowell, but I think mm-hmm. they're getting it completely wrong because they're oh he, you know he just sat here and, and let it, let this blah blah blah. No, all you guys cared about. You you said it for years. The only thing that mattered was ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. That was it. You didn't give a fuck how you got there. What happened in Europe mm-hmm. didn't matter at all. Quadruple trebles and all this other shit. Meanwhile, you're getting humped out of Europe every single year and missing out on thirty and forty million quid. What I mean, what was one of Jared's first priorities? Right, we have to get into the group stages of the Europa League, and we have to get through those into the knockout rounds because we have to have that money. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's good business. And yeah. it, it has it come at the expense of the cups? Maybe. I don't Probably. know. I, we need to win those, too, because mm-hmm. we need to win everything because we're Rangers. But we've done that stuff that has to get done. And, and mm-hmm. your manager, your your God sends, you know, Brendan, who fucked off the second he could back down south to Leicester. And, mm-hmm. you know, Neil Lennon, who was, go- oh, he was here for the start. And he's going to be here for, yeah, he was here for the fucking end. And the end was pretty <laughs> good. <goddamn> <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can I provide oh, just, just to, to, to back up the point of, I, I'd like to, not to kill the fun with statistics, but I'd like to <laughs> sing, sing a little story of Ryan Kent, the 7 million pounds. Um, so Panic when. Panic buy, remember. Panic yeah, buy, panic, yeah, panic buy. So this is on the back of it. If you look at it from. 2015 to 20 2015 to 2019 Liverpool he was loaned out an awful lot and he for Liverpool no appearances no goals right on his loan to Coventry City 17 appearances one goal Barnsley 44 appearances three goals uh Freiburg six appearances no goals Bristol City 10 appearances no goals comes to Rangers in 27 appearances on a loan and get six goals. So it's consistent with his career up to that point. You can see he's getting a little bit better. Like, you know, his, his, his best previous to this was the Barnsley 44 appearances on three goals. So I can understand the skepticism that we had of it. This guy's got six goals. Why are we signing him since 2019? He has had 58 appearances, more than double his loan period, 
27 goals. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that staggering. You're spot on. Yeah, the, 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 there was that improvement. I think we all knew that it was in it, but I think another key thing for Kent, if we can get all warm and fluffy and emotional. Sure. And, uh, well, you, you, we are the type of guys who like a warm hand on our entrances. Um, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. So uh, you know, we, we, we we'll do the we'll do the fluffy thing. I think he needed a home. I really yeah, do. I yeah. think that he felt yeah. pretty unsettled that he was just being bounced around club to club. And I think whatever happened when he arrived at Rangers, he thought, yeah, this this is me because he fought to stay here. I mean, hmm. he did. He, he he could have signed for clubs all through that summer, and he held out to the last minute. The famous story, of course, he's sitting at the airport waiting to go to Belgium, and even then, he's checking his phone out. And as soon as it came up, he abandoned ship in the way um he, he really wanted to stay last summer Leeds come in and he, he tells him his agent said nope Ryan's not interested in moving uh, I love that comment from Leeds it would be a difficult signing to make because the club don't want to sell and the player doesn't want to move well yeah that 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 probably would be a difficult a difficult sale to make yeah I agree with you there Leeds well done but I, I think he he found something with us uh, and, and we all do better in life and work, especially when we're settled and, and happy and, you know, you like the people you're working for and with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that we found that with him. But um, that was, I mean, when he did that run it was, on, on Sunday night, yeah. it, it was shades of Loudrop. It really was. And, and I don't toss God's name about lightly. Um, but it was just the confidence of it, and it wasn't some scrubber he was up against. It was Marcello for Christ's sake, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and he just, you know, ah, fine, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. And uh, it, it, it was just, it was just lovely to see. Um, can I have a moan? Incidentally, I'd like to have a moan about something. <laughs> right, Alfredo Morelos. I don't really moan about COVID too much, but I'm going to have a moan. Alfredo Morelos, post a picture of your Instagram of him back in the UK, uh, and he's in. Uh, that's stuck in a hotel yeah quarantine I mean clearly he has to be stuck in quarantine in a hotel you can't allow him to test and if he's negative go home to his family now you know surely I'm not saying that you say to him no you're fine but can he go home to his wife and baby for the next 10 days and mm-hmm. be under house arrest? I suppose. Yeah, I don't care, because I right. mean, that's who he was with anyway. I don't yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you yeah. know, and, and I mean, it's bad for anyone. It's bad for a footballer, clearly, who's mm-hmm. watching all this stuff going on. But uh, you know, just just in general, what is the point of this? Why mm-hmm. why not just let people go? I mean, test, and if it, anything at all, even right. a couple of days test. But then, right, okay, you've had two negative tests. Go home, but don't don't go out. Leave the house. Yeah. I just yeah, it annoyed me, uh, and especially because he's a guy with a young family. For Christ's sake, mm-hmm. they're immigrants immigrants to the country. Uh, it, it's just pish, basically. Mm-hmm. We had we had the same deal in Canada. The, the it was two weeks. Uh, quarantine. And I was listening to an interview with uh, Chris Gethard, who is uh, who was in Vancouver filming something. He is double vaxxed at this point. Flew into Canada, had to um, quarantine for two weeks in a hotel in Vancouver uh, of questionable quality, <laughs> and uh, so he's he's already an, an anxious person to begin with. So this did nothing for his mental health. And uh, he was on set for all of like two or three days and then shuttled home. Yeah. And, and, and I think over the course, like I think by day two of him on set, they repealed the 14 day quarantine. So he's oh, like, oh, no, is it, isn't like, 
Alberta completely open now? Oh, so didn't they just kind of go fuck it? Let's, interesting. Let's just... So, uh, so when I uh, hop onto the old Potter, uh, I will often open up Twitter just to get ahead of the questions, so I can have some thoughts of what's going on. And there's trending topics mm-hmm. of um, uh, of of you know on the things on Twitter, and one of mm-hmm. them was uh, Florida of Canada. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? can that possibly mean and uh what it is is that um alberta no longer requires isolation for positive covid-19 tests yeah cool yeah uh, um you know i can see a flaw um yeah but, hey. slightly <laughs> just a little bit see i had an idea for your country um, and you mm-hmm. might want to take with them but somebody did shoot a hole in it when i mentioned it um, to mm-hmm. sally but i i thought well, what you could do instead of quarantining you know people coming into the country, why don't you quarantine the french and sally pointed out to me that if there's no reason to quarantine them other than the fact <laughs> that they're french that that isn't quarantine that's internment yes and it's it's frowned upon but i still think your country would benefit immensely if you were to you know, to at least investigate this as a possibility. Uh-huh. You know, Shane's country. I mean, they intern. They still do, but they, you know, they yeah. I was going to say, we, we, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but we would intern people if we could be organised enough to do it. But it's <laughs> sake, do you know what I mean? Somebody would need to go and get them. We'd need to build places to hide. Look, it's just better if we just let everything just slide. You know that right. that that's kind of the British, you know, the British Empire message at the moment. It's like, oh, for fuck's right. sake. To, um, to be to be fair, Canada is no stranger to the internment word. They uh, no, you know, no. as as soon as uh, as soon as there's a thing, it's like, oh, can I get the file out? No, do not get the instruction book. No, leave that. <laughs> I've leave. been surprised to learn recently just how evil you are. No wonder you apologize all the time because I'm fucking uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they were trying to get out ahead of that one. <laughs> yeah, they, but they did. They got such a brilliant international reputation, these cuddly Canadians. And then you you look at their history a wee bit and you're sort of like, wow. Um, you know, America learned off you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. so at founded, least, by, you know, founded by Scotland, though. So come on. Come on. Well, I mean, Scott, we, we've always been fairly repressive and brutal up here. In fact, you could argue, and I have frequently, that Scotland has gone to shit since we stopped the repression and brutality because it's allowed, <laughs> it's allowed you know, people at the SNP to to exist. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, back in the old days, we'd have cleared them off to, to, to Canada, probably. Um, yeah. And then they would have become your problem. But instead, you know, they're over here and instead of drinking Molson, they're drinking Tenants and they're, they're annoying mm-hmm. With uh, with the yeah. rules and regulations, but uh, no, it's it, it it's been a, an interesting thing, lads. I bought genuinely for a laugh the worst book I have read in a long time. Yay! Right, just to move <laughs> why would you own. buy Pierce Morgan? Why would you do that? <laughs> I I wouldn't buy Pierce Morgan full stop, but um, <laughs> I used to be a fan of the director Quentin Tarantino, right? Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, I think we all were in the nineties. It was practically compulsory, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then after Jackie Brown, he started dicking around, really. Yeah. Um, and then we've hit that stage where 
as Private Eye described it, he's hit that Woody Allen stage where every film that comes out, the critics go, oh, brilliant, a real return to form. I know his last one wasn't very good, but this one's great. Then the next one comes out and they go, oh, a real return to form. I know the last one wasn't very good, but this one's great. <laughs> By the way, it also sounds like you're describing M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a stage where you've got so much respect for their early work that you don't really want to, to have a go at them, but you, you kind of... It, have to accept the evidence before your eyes. So I'd watched, you know, the last few films. I watched Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. Hollywood, and it I, I bored the arse off me. I thought, yeah, that was not really great. terrible yeah. movie. Um, not as bad as The Hateful Eight, which I despised. Right? Yeah. See, I I really like both of those. Oh, I, 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 I really I, did. People I respect do as well, but I was just sitting watching Hateful Eight. And I thought, <laughs> The, the dialogue no i include todd in that the okay. dialogue is the dialogue is isn't funny anymore and the tropes you know it's oh samuel jackson black guy's gonna rape a white guy yep there we go mm-hmm. it's like quentin just hire a rent boy okay just yeah. go and do it right? just st- um, stare at feet for three hours and then come yeah, out of your trailer just, yeah. yeah i mean we we get it by this point but i really really didn't like the movie but anyway i thought right, he's brought a novelization of once upon a time in hollywood and i thought you know what maybe it'll work better than this holy shit okay <laughs> This book is fucking awful. Uh, (laughs) Because, right, clearly one of the good things about cinema with dialogue is that there's a finite limit because it costs so fucking much, right? So at some point you're going to have to cut it. And I mean, his films go on for a, a good length as it is. But in a book, there's nobody to say this is going on a bit. Knock and, this shit off. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah. he writes dialogue like a bot who mm-hmm. who has who has studied humans but isn't right. one. And it, and it was put to me that a wonderful description of him is it's because as we all know he worked in a video shop and he basically spent his time watching every single movie that was ever made, and that he doesn't actually know life. Everything he knows about <laughs> life is from a movie. Right. So. None of his dialogue sounds like something any human would ever say. And it works okay in the movies because you've got really talented people doing it. You know, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Christoph Waltz. You know, great, great actors and they can make stuff mm-hmm. of it. When it's just written down in front of you, it's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of times where I was at the kind of poking my eyeball stage. But I recommend this to everybody. <laughs> Because it's so bad. I mean, it's just so fucking bad. So I know it's odd to say I'm recommending a book that's a version of a movie that I thought was terrible. And I think <laughs> the book is terrible. But I think you'll enjoy the terribleness of it. So if yeah. you get the opportunity, folks, get it in your Kindle. It's quite cheap. And you will be able to sit there and go, holy shit. Well, um, yeah. the, the, the thing that I've always noticed about his movies is you they basically... Uh, the the thread the thread of every movie by Tarantino is pithy pithy conversation blam 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 and uh, that's it it just repeats. Well, um, this one is more like pissy pissy conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but th- so the, uh, I've I've heard both reviews. Yours is 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 of one ilk. The other is oh my god, it's fabulous and a complete compliment to the movie. And I think I know what the common denominator is of the people who like it. I think it's people who live in L.A. Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. it's very specific to people who walk around, who were 
or who were cognizant of the uh, Charles Manson era of of Los Angeles. Uh, you know, people who knew who Squeaky From was like like all these things kind of came together for them, and so that novelization helps amplify those memories a little bit and go, oh yeah, I remember this and that, and and that these things are kind of drawn from bit players in in Hollywood that people are still aware of, like when we watch that, but when I watch it, I go, I don't know who the fuck that person is. Meanwhile, you know, my, my friends who've grown up in LA or moved there early in their careers go, Oh shit. They're talking about this guy. And it's like, I see. I'm just, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like a lot of inside baseball on that kind of yeah, stuff. Definitely. And, yeah, definitely. And stuff like that can 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 very much be fun when you're sort of like, you know, oh, I get it. But I actually had this argument with Martin, one of our podders. Um, mm-hmm. Very clever guy. He's he's like you, Todd. He, he loves Tarantino movies and he loves the later mm-hmm. ones. And uh, Martin and I tend to agree on a lot of stuff. And when we fight, it gets vicious. Um, <laughs> he, you know, I, um, and I think we're just hot that the other doesn't agree with us and we tend mm-hmm. to, you know, because of that. We make up very quickly, but uh, the clothes come out. But um, he was, he was saying, he said, Inglorious Bastards, such a great movie. And I went, yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's silly. He was like, well, why did you think it was silly? And he killed Hitler. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, but that's just creative license. It didn't happen. And he's like, see, this is your problem because you're just, you know, literal World War Two mm-hmm. fanboy. And I was yeah. like, Yes, I bloody well am, right? And there are certain <laughs> things you can do in this. I don't mind taking liberties with his, with history, but you didn't kill Hitler, right? That's just something you're not allowed to do. It didn't mm-hmm. take place, okay? I mean, for me, that's up there with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't like that documentary? I can't prove that he didn't hunt vampires, right. I suppose. Right. You know? It's like Bigfoot, isn't it? It's like uh-huh. these guys that, that love Bigfoot and they'll always go, right, well, you know, we put a camera up here in the night and we didn't capture any footage of Bigfoot, but we did notice that behind that tree all night there was a lot of rustling. It's got to be a squatch. <laughs> That's right. It's got to be a squatch. Yeah. You know, I, I, so, you you know, it's one of those, you're never going to be able to win that. To, to, I, to I love that you're a self-described World War II aficionado. And I'm just oh, wondering, yeah. I'm just wondering at what point, you know, if let's say, sadly, you 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 passed away and you've you've made Shane and I, you know, the executors of your estate and we're cleaning out all your bobbleheads and your DVDs. And then in we just shove this one panel and it slides to the yeah, side, the, the just revealing a whole, an entire stash of Nazi plates. Yeah, plates. Yeah, I've seen that one in Father Ted and Ted system. Do, do you have on. anything? Do you have anything by the Allies? And he said, "Oh no, I wouldn't be interested in that sort of thing, Ted." Um, <laughs> because there, there was a guy on Rangers Twitter was doing this. Uh, did you see this? Like, a, no. he, he sells old Rangers kits, and then okay. then he'll, he'll put pictures of stuff he's collected up, as well as the kits that are for sale. Right. And then one day he's like, um, "Hitler Youth Flag flowing at <laughs> flowing at, at, at Nuremberg in 1935," and everybody was like. What? what? And he and he why are you selling that? And and he's like, I'm not selling it, it's part of my own collection. Oh then boy. A couple, then a couple of days later, um this was a backdrop at a later Nuremberg rally and it's and it, it can only be described yeah. as a really big fuck off Nazi swastika flag, right? Yeah. Right. Um and he's like he's, no no, I just I, I collect this stuff. I'm interested in learning about the past from history oh. and I'm like, hey, uh-huh. I'm 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 really interested in World War Two. As are all forty year old men, right? That's yes. the it, it's the law. 
we don't have a choice in it. And and if you're like Shane's going to turn forty soon, when you do Shane the second after it, you'll buy three hundred World War Two books. It can't be helped. I'm I'm, okay? I'm, re- I'm reading the Atkinson series right now. Well, there you go. Right? So you're getting ahead of the. I'm, ahead, I'm ahead of it. Don't worry. But you know. <laughs> This is going to sound odd, right? And I do get, like, and I'm fascinated with the stories, but I wouldn't buy a Nazi flag, no. right? And there's, there's generally an underlying sentiment and trend of the kind of people who purchase that kind of stuff. And then, of course, say, well, I'm just interested in the history. And typically mm-hmm. what you find when you scratch the surface is they're the kind of people that would boo Glenn Kamara for taking the knee at the weekend. Yes. <laughs> That's... I just think that it's not an unreasonable, it's not an unreasonable position to take that if you buy a lot of Nazi memorabilia, mm-hmm. people are allowed to think you're a Nazi. Yeah. Yes. I. I. And, and look it, again. You know, I just I go back to we all joke about cool uniforms. I don't think it's appropriate to wear one to a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um. I don't think an SS ring. Even if you really like the design, yeah, is appropriate, and it is pretty to, class. Let's be fair. The design like sculpts heads. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, I've got a question. You two know more about this sort of thing than I do, Shane. But you, mm-hmm. you, you know physiology a lot better than I do because you break a lot of it. Um, <laughs> so, how come skulls have no noses, but I have a nose bone? How does that work? It's cartilage. It's cartilage. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's just well, it's, it's just cartilage. It's just so like your it, ears. What the so hell, when you, man? So when you die, does it just fall off? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. It takes yeah. a while. It really it, feels like bone. I'm feeling it right now, and I've got to say, yeah. I, I, that's cartilage, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if, that's it. So, so when I did my knee, he could have moved my nose down there. <laughs> they they, they often face. do. They yeah. often do. Yeah. That's, that's actually how Michael Jackson ended up looking like that. Right, okay, that makes sense. Like, way too many knee surgeries. Way too many. Um, sorry, sorry, I just wanted to get to 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 go back to the uh if you're buying a lot of Nazi memorabilia tip. Um not a sentence I thought I would say uh when I woke up this morning. Um the Germans have this lovely sentence that I just this phrase I just love. It's like um if you're sitting at a table with ten Nazis, there's eleven Nazis at that table. <laughs> I mean, it's just not an unreasonable proposition to get to. I did want to tell you about something um, that I noticed. Uh, I have a Beatles, an official Beatles calendar. Okay. Perfectly normal thing. No Nazis involved. No. Okay. Uh, Yes. Yes. um, I agree. Yeah. So non-Nazi related story. Um, But every month on the calendar, there's a picture of the Beatles and it sort of goes through their career, you know, early mop tops. And and we're sitting in July right now. So it's Sergeant Pepper era. Mm -hmm, Right. And we'll be moving through to your white album then. Let it be all the rest of it. Um, Notable dates it has on it. And it does Mm -hmm. this every month, as you might imagine. as These calendars do. Notable dates for July. Seventh, Ringo Starr's birthday. Twelfth, Battle of the Boy. Okay. Okay. The Beatles calendar is staunch. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo Starr's birthday. Battle of the Boing. Build a bonfire, lads. I'm now going to go and play Eleanor Rigby backwards just to see <laughs> if there's any sectarianism <laughs> in there. Build your you, you, joke, you joke 
but there is currently right now a Celtic supporter sitting with a copy of Sergeant Pepper, which he's playing backwards. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You can hear it. You can hear it. Listen, listen. There you can hear it. Kill them all. That's that's what they're saying. Right. <laughs> you, you, you know, David, uh, speaking of uh, weeks for people needing to snatch up questionable memorabilia, or let's mm-hmm. say snatching up memorabilia for questionable, um, you know, mindsets, the, the the big news in American sports that we could have gotten to Tuesday, but we couldn't because I was sick, mm-hmm. is, of course, the, the tragic news for David and, and Hoggy in the, uh, the Cleveland Indians will be mm-hmm. no more come the yes. end of the season because, you know, it, it, t- it takes eight years just to settle on the fact that you should probably get rid of your racist name. And then mm-hmm. and then you can't just change it midseason because, you know, yeah. ra- racism can wait. You got to you got to you got to get through October. But the, the soon to be Cleveland Guardians uh America yes. which is actually now that, that that's the seventh name that the franchise has had in its history. So uh yeah. don't, don't get too worked up. No, I'm going to I'm going to get worked up. Um right, firstly, there's just passion. Well, I, I, everything yeah. is in the context of the movie, though. This that's is the only reason that you hear. By the way, just... Racism Can Wait is probably one of my favorite Warren Beatty movies. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but can I, can I right, a few things I would put. First of all, this is just woke bullshit, right? As I believe the phrase is. Um, because what is offensive about the term Indians? Well, I think it's more the red-faced, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, stereotype. That's Wahoo! The- You're right. <laughs> yes! Yeah, who, who looks very strikingly like Otis Nixon. <laughs> I don't know if you ever noticed that. Right, okay, but, right, it, I'm, I'm prepared to accept, possibly, that mm-hmm. the name is a little bit racist, okay? Right, although I think that... Ever, ever so slightly. You guys are getting very sensitive about the old racism, you know. How about rather than going after baseball teams for their names, you kind of stop shooting black people? But that's just <laughs> off the top of my head, a suggestion. Okay. Right. Uh, I think you're going to find a fine divide in there that, you know, the people who want to go after the names tend to be on the side not wanting to shoot black people. Mm-hmm. Conversely, the people who don't want us to go after the names are the type that have large collections of Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but. Where are the people out defending? And I, I can already feel on somewhat shaky ground with this, but I'm going to persevere mm-hmm. nonetheless because this is important to me. Um, hey, hey, fight through with the racism, buddy. Just get it out yeah, of your system. <laughs> I am, I'm, a, I'm a confirmed anti-racist, whatever the term is, fighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, don't go out of the house much, but I, I, I'm very inspired. This is David Edgar's I have a lot of black friends moment. Yeah. Uh, I... I <laughs> I do. I enjoy the music of Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, How many First Nations her. people do you know? I live in Scotland. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so right, picture's yeah. coming a little clearer. Okay. All right. right. I live in the whitest country in the whole world. <laughs> right. It's, it's, you know, uh, in fact, not only are people here white, we're, we're pale blue. We're so white, okay? <laughs> Translucent. Uh, yeah, exactly. I bring you love. That's us. <laughs> right? That's who we are. Um, no, it's, it, it, all joking aside, it's a, it's a sad day because of the movie, which you know, does mean so much to people, even non-baseball fans like me. But I, yeah, I totally understand why they did it. The only disappointment I really have was why not go with Cleveland Wild Things? Yes, I agree. 
I yeah. completely agree. Minnesota should have just given them the name Wild and be done with. Like, <laughs> I get the Wild things. It would have been great. Uh, you could have uh, just imagine the mascot, that huge bobbly-headed Charlie Sheen just oh, running man. around the backfield. <laughs> You know. made it even worse. Oh, that would have been the best. And, and literally, <laughs> the start of every game, they could have played that. They could uh-huh. have played Wild Things by X, and the yep. bobbly headed mascot could have walked out mm-hmm. to the centre of the pitch, and it right. would have been awesome. Every single game, they could have done that. And yep. the, Looking the very up. questionably at the lines that are defining the first and third base lines. Is like, <laughs> yeah. is that what I. Hmm? Uh, huh? Hey, guys, is that Mounds? If any, if any, what's the name? It's not John Hammond. I know that John something. He's co-starring Two and a Half Men. Oh, um, it's John something. Uh, uh, oh God, whatever that guy. Um, Well, have either of you read his autobiography? No, no. It's it's genuinely very funny, Um, and he's he's got a sense of humour about himself and he's obviously he's done quite a lot of things I forgot he was in Superman 4 atrocious movie uh, he's <laughs> right. got some good stories to tell about that one um, but he's got some good stories to tell about John Charlie. Cryer John Cryer there you go right. thank um, you in his autobiography I recommend folks um, and at one point <laughs> when Charlie Sheen invites him into his trailer you know they're on two and a half men he goes in um, and they're talking Charlie's telling him about all the kind of sexual escapades he's got up to and John Cryer's bit awkward you know but he's the star uh so <laughs> just listening away and the next thing he's he's talking about his penis and he said mm-hmm. would you like to see it and he <laughs> said I, 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 he says i don't really know what the protocol is at that point <laughs> for you know do, do you go with it he said so i thought i don't want to be rude so i'll go sure why not he said he said so what do you say he said at the exact moment that a production assistant walked in as he's got <laughs> it sitting on his hand showing me it. He says, she hears me say, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can, can, uh, can I just say that there's only one knob that you ever want to see in show business, and that's Milton Berle. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Uh, that's it. Um, yeah, apparently he showed it once to to Chevy Chase, who remarked, "I think it, I think it's winking at me." Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, apparently Charlie Sheen was very was very proud of his. Um, I mean, at, at that point, God knows what it looked like to Charlie Sheen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> could, you know um, I don't think he was seeing it with the kind of eyes that that John Cryer was seeing it with at that point. But it's a very funny book, actually. He's, yeah. he's got a good sense I'm, of So while I was looking up John Cryer's name, and literally as soon as I hit enter on Two and a Half Men into Google, that's when it came to me. But they're giving me the pictures of the cast, and I'm looking at all the women in the cast, and every single one of their photos have something weird going on with one of their eyes. Like it's just like 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 they they've just had stress twitching going on the entire time, and I can only imagine why if you know he's showing his lad everywhere. I mean, I, I, it's, it, well, wasn't it? I don't I don't think it was Jeffrey Tubin. Oh no, it was uh, John Barrowman, the, uh, the 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 camp American. Uh, who's for some reason is always on TV in the UK. Um, okay. He was he was accused of of 
flashing his lad at people and he, and he admitted that he did do it on set but he used it as an icebreaker <laughs> now uh, unless I've misunderstood and someone said I have this big bit of ice could does anyone have a hammer and he said I don't have a hammer can but we fashion something <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, can we fashion something that we can hit it with and then that's what um, yeah. if, he, if he meant it as in what I traditionally take the phrase an icebreaker to mean. Right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd feel uh, less awkward in a new job if somebody showed me their willy on the first right. day. Right. Right. I'm not sure that would help. I don't even know how to transition into this now, but... Um, <laughs> you you call that a penis? Yeah. <laughs> Just I, this, this guy probably has dick out in front of people before, so we'll, we'll just go with that. <laughs> Florida man attempting to run across ocean again washes up a human-sized hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is what everybody sent us. And I was I like, know, it's ah, gorgeous. I didn't want... it's And gorgeous. then I went looked at it, and I was like, no, I remember this guy. I remember this guy. His name's uh, Reza Belushi. And he he has built this contraption that he's now now the first time he did this, he tried to run quote from uh, Saint Augustine to Bermuda, which is very far Quite across far. open yeah. ocean, very wide open ocean. So uh, of course of course the Coast Guard had to save him from himself. And, and this contraption is based. It looks like an extended hamster wheel with. Mm-hmm. Big rubber like exercise balls stuck in the end, and then you've like mounted cardboard on to make paddles, so that mm-hmm. when you run in the wheel, the paddles flip in the water, and yeah. apparently you can just go. Um, of course, he 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 got nowhere uh, in this 2014 attempt, and the Coast Guard found him fatigued and disoriented, uh, right on the coast of Florida. So then in 2016. He tried to set off from uh, Pompano Beach to reach Bermuda and again was rescued by the Coast Guard because, uh, you know, this thing doesn't work. Right. So this time he thought, I'm not going to try to run out into the wide open ocean. I'm going to stick close to the shore. Right. He he was right. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're you're close to the coastline, you're all right. Mm -hmm. So he was going to run from St. Augustine again to New York. (laughs) Which very long ways, St. Augustine to New York. Uh, you know, the, this country is fairly big uh, yeah. when you look at it on the map. Uh, he was rescued by the Coast Guard just north of St. Augustine. Beautiful. Where, uh, yeah, he again Beautiful. Uh, lost it. So I hate that because that's good old fashioned head casery. Oh, yeah. no, this, I mean, no, I, I, Reza Belushi, man, I, I salute you because, yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is quality nuttery. And, and, yeah, and the it. thing that is, it's the kind of nutter, it's only dangerous to himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he's, he's not getting far enough out. The Coast Guard's not having to, like, go find him 60 miles out in the ocean because he's not getting 60 feet off the goddamn shore. Yeah. So I guess I got a couple of questions about this. And one was triggered by the first thought I had, which was did he bring snacks? Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see inside the. He calls it his hydropod bubble. Okay. Um, 
and there appears to be like stuff strapped inside of the bubble. So I'm assuming, you know, there's food and mm-hmm. and whatnot in there. Then uh, I, I guess the second question is where does where does he uh do business? Well, you're in the ocean. I mean fish shit. I Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, right. uh, yeah, true. I mean you can just you can just you go back. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean unless he had taken some sort of liquidized food. But even then, he would have to take, and surely, his oxygen off to drink it. Mm-hmm. It just it. But I'm not sure that a lot of planning went into this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, so, and the thing, you know, the, the, I mean, the guy's a marathon runner, so you know already he's fairly like no marathon runner is a normal person. And I know we have a few listeners. We have a few listeners, yeah. I'm very sorry. You're not normal people. When when (laughs) I go for a 15-minute jog, I'm left alone to my thoughts, and I don't care for them. They are not good. I I rode less than the distance of a marathon on Monday on my bike, and that is what put me under on Tuesday. Granted, (laughs) granted it was like 35-degree heat. Yeah, I think Uh, that might have something to do with it. Yeah, I, I I did not plan that one exceedingly well and suffered for it for two days. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we did, we did we did sort of tell you in the past respect the sun. Yeah, well, I did put sunscreen on, but um, you know that that doesn't necessarily help with the heat so much. No. But I didn't get a burn, so there you go. Oh, well, that's good. But yeah, heat stroke's still pretty horrible, as you discovered. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it's yeah. and it's like bronchitis. When you get it once, you're more susceptible to it. So yeah. congratulations! <laughs> oh, you'll get it again. Oh, no, no, it's yeah. just an excuse to stay inside more. See? Yeah, <laughs> too bad. Um, but yeah, I I think it's going to be one of those. Uh, one. I mean, we laugh, but it'll be one of those inventions. That in a few years, we'll all have them. We'll all be traveling across. <laughs> mm-hmm. And who's going to be the fool then? Us or the dead guy who's his family inherit all the money because he died doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I still but uh, he would be. Yeah, I wouldn't he? Another good note. Again, it's been a good week. If you're one of those people who are racist and use that to espouse your beliefs in the in the realm of sports, mm-hmm. because of course we have all the dipshits back on Twitter again, and, and I still don't understand how. So many of these people are the same ones that when the shit happened with Kamara, where the, we stand with our players and we stand with mm-hmm. our team and we're going to get right behind them and blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah fuck that. I'm going to boo them. You sound like mm-hmm. an idiot. You sound like mm-hmm. a dipshit. If for some reason you're still following me, I have no idea why. Please feel free to exit stage left. I don't want to fucking hear the logic or reasoning that's going through your head because none of it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But then beyond them, of course, over here, we had Simone Biles who is the greatest gymnast ever. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. They, they, they don't even know how to score the things that she does. They've had right. to duck points from what she does to try to keep it fair with yes. the other gymnasts, which is the kind of shit that you do with, like, eight-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, like, apparently this twist, you know, they call it a mental health issue, but it's more like the yips. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would get in golf or, or you know, trying to throw a baseball or something, the, the twisties. And, of course, all this brought out was every um, middle-aged white man who mm-hmm. hasn't played a sport since, uh, let's say, high school, if we're being generous, 
yeah. uh, to, to tell us that she just gave up not only on herself, but her team and her country. Right. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I love Michael Harriet, who's a very good uh, black writer uh, and, the, and the, the founder of The Root. Did a uh, he called it a commission detailed analysis of the athletic achievements of everyone who's been critical of Simone Biles, mm-hmm. and uh, again I think these are the same people who fall into the category of criticizing Glenn Kamara or Connor yep. Goldson, Tavernier, or anybody else. That ninety four percent of them criticizing her were motherfuckers who haven't done shit. Yeah, and the other six percent were these same motherfuckers but in a different color. Yeah. Ah, yeah, no, I do like that, that pie chart. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting that, that you bring this up because this week I've had, you know, for some reason, um, it's been one of those weeks where lots of people feel the need to get in touch with me to tell me that they don't like me um, yeah. for various things. Oh, you got my letter. Done. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, Loyal mail works again. Yeah. Prick. <laughs> uh, but no, it, 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 and I'm always kind of fascinated by it because, you know, by all means, you, you can you dislike me you can dislike what we do here at heart man that's perfect perfectly fair you can dislike my twitter account but nobody forces you to engage with any of it um Mm. so so why not just but i'm always fascinated by no that's not enough for me i can't just not listen to your podcast or you know not see your twitter i have to get in touch with you to tell you that i don't like you Mm, um And and here's just the general rule, folks, right? See if you're going to contact a stranger, someone you don't know, whose character you don't know. You've never had a conversation with a guy in your life um, and you're going to call them names. You're a prick, right? Mm -hmm. It's just it's automatic. You are an arsehole. Um, And I had one the other day who did it and I don't normally bite. I usually just kind of delete and move on. But this guy said, uh, well, thank you very much for um, setting out my entire moral compass for me. I wasn't aware of it. Um, you mentioned that you you had to hold me to account. I said, I don't know if you've noticed this, mate, but I'm not your wife. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not an elected official who asked for you to vote for him. Right? I'm just a random bloke getting on with my life. Why don't you try yours? Although I strongly suspect, you dickless prick, that (laughs) you are a very deeply unhappy human being. And can I just say that although I don't like to make decisions based on one interaction, from this interaction, you deserve to be. So um, it's just, I I can't get my head. You know, like I say, by all means, dislike heart and hand, dislike me, don't like anything I do. But the idea that, that people get in touch, you know, to say, it, it, it's the entitlement, you know, it's the, the you owe me your contrition. And I'm like, well, I really, really fucking don't, mate. No, you know? no. Um, not, I, not, I, not only that, because you think I do, as you yeah. put it there, I'm going to eviscerate you. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely, I tend not to, I tend to, because life's too fucking short, man. I yeah. just tend to block. But this one, for some reason, must have just caught me at the wrong time. And it, it's just a bizarre, I don't, quite understand that level of entitlement that it's not enough for you to dislike you've got to go out your way to try and make a stranger someone you don't know feel bad and and again to to kind of maybe just take it to its logical extreme um people who think that you know i'm I'm evil i make podcasts about football Mm -hmm. i you know i'm not running the track and trace system 
<laughs> I have no impact whatsoever on your life. Right? You did not lose the missing 600,000 quid. I did not lose that guy. I'm not running for election, okay? I'm not trying to run the country. I, I make podcasts about football. And it's the same with you. You know, you make podcasts about well, whatever we well, do, whatever this is. Todd mm-hmm. makes jokes, uh, and and people get in touch with you to say, you know, like, I hate. By all means, hate is, but uh, if you believe that we need to know that, yeah. then I think that says a little bit more about you as a person than it does about us as as what, podcasters. What I what I find interesting in because because I do the same thing, and it, like I am no uh, stranger to a strong opinion, and what I have noticed is that Twitter has somehow cultivated itself for me so that Twitter is my actual bubble. So that when I say something controversial, it typically doesn't end up anywhere. It's on Facebook that I get the call of everyone I went to high school with that didn't finish it, who suddenly isn't a <laughs> uh, epidemiologist. As like, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I will just post things on Twitter and it's fun. And when I've got a bit of time on my hands, I will switch it over to Facebook and go, people are wondering why the cops uh, uh, went in and cleared out the homeless with violence. Meanwhile, gave an escort to the uh, uh, to the anti-mask and anti-vax parade. Why is that? And I say it's probably because you, it's the same reason you never see Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana singing a duet. That's why. <laughs> I think it's as it's that sort of inability, and, and it's odd because quite a lot of the time, and it's a generalisation, but quite a lot of the time, it's people who would claim to be, you know, free speech advocates, mm-hmm. and yet they cannot handle a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That I yeah. find a little. You said this, yes, I well, did. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, again, coming coming back to the Kamara thing, right? Like, well, the, these people, you know, they, they need to learn to protest without making noise or breaking windows. Because, okay, well, he's just he's taking a knee. Yeah, but he's doing it at my football match. No, shut right. the fuck up. Right. It's his work. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if, just... if you're that dense that you can't wrap your head around it, the, well, the tough shit. Maybe go find mm-hmm. something else to do with your time. Yeah. Like I say, I think it's just this this kind of culture of you know. And again, I'm not even saying you know don't don't take to Twitter and say you know David Shane and Todd are dicks. That's perfect. Oh, but, well, by all but means, if to, you want if you want to espouse your racist opinions, I I encourage it at all times. Show your ass. Make sure you put your fucking name on it, mm-hmm. so your wife and kids and coworkers and everybody else knows just how much of a piece of shit you actually are. Mm-hmm. Don't hide it. Don't don't hide it. Fucking show the world who you are. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. think that it's it, for me. It's there is a difference between saying on Twitter, "I don't like that show," or "I disagree with a point that you made," and taking time out your busy life to find out somebody's email address mm-hmm. and emailing them abuse. That to me yeah. just indicates, like I say, unhappiness, and and yeah, I don't I don't understand it. But at the end of the day, people, as Depeche Mode so sagely told us in 1983, are people. <laughs> Why should it be? Yep, that you and I get on so terribly. Um, yeah, I, 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 and I often, I often think of that when when we're in these situations, and and you know, talk, you know, Shane, you're going to get shitloads of abuse, I dare say, for oh, yeah. oh. Uh, your, you know your opinions there, and it's just like it's just his opinion. It doesn't. It doesn't affect your life in any way whatsoever. And if yeah. you know, if you don't like it, don't. If you listen to this today and you didn't like it, then 
don't mm-hmm. listen again in future. Um, right. it, it, it doesn't affect your life in any single way. But to, to think, no, that's not enough. I can't just stop listening to your show. I have to call you a cunt. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that That is, you know, when I begin to think, does that not maybe reflect on your personality a little bit? Mate? Yeah. You know, because it's, you know. My my favorite is the is the conflagration of freedom of speech, right? And in Canada, it's freedom of expression. And the I love it when people, hey, you can't let me not say that. It's that, that's freedom of speech. No, freedom of speech means you don't get arrested for yeah. saying something, right? Yeah, uh, you hard. don't need to <laughs> impulsively act on every freedom you have, right? I have the freedom of speech to call you a dickless fuckface. I don't because then I come off as an asshole. Yeah. So, you know. You know, I, I, don't get me wrong. If, I, if I'm to, you know, to, to, to go on Twitter and say, well, I think all children under six should be killed, then I can understand that. Here, here. Here, here. Yeah, I might enrage you, and you might then want to. If I get on and say, "Here is my Nazi flag," what do you think? <laughs> then, then I can I can understand it. But but whenever it's and it's you know because it's usually the most anodyne of things um, that that people kind of get annoyed because there's there's really only so much you can get annoyed about. I would have thought in a football podcast, but people get raging, absolutely raging about stuff, and it's. Uh, but we had one prick there like a few weeks ago. We had an interview with Brian Loudrup, and it was mm-hmm. because he was doing he's he's got a winery with um with David Murray. Nice. And he was doing interviews. So we did you know, joined the press conference basically and asked about football rather than the way. And somebody went, Oh, so now you're back in David Murray and I'm like Well, firstly, why are you criticizing us when you won't criticize Brian Loudrup who's actually making yeah. The wine with David Murray isn't, you know, in a little bit of hypocrisy involved. And, and you realise <laughs> after a while that it's, it's it's not about, you know, what you say. It's just that people form an opinion and mm-hmm. decide they're going to have a go at you. And, and like I say, it's, you know, we've all got broad well, backs. I, I, mm-hmm. I, we, we've always said it. It's it's a disease of, well, just a ranger's internet culture that if you ever stick your head above the parapet, you're going to get shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah we, we well, the thing is, yeah but the yeah. thing is by this stage of our, our lives the three of us you know and, and various other people we know we're, we're all so fucking you know buckshot at this point mm-hmm. that it well, doesn't it, bother it, us I mean, and i i could literally step outside and be shot so i, well, I that's really true. that that is <laughs> yeah. true yeah 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 but, but anyway, but, but, the, the important thing is now that you know i'm sitting here and i'm composing an insulting email to shane <laughs> which I'm say to him, to him. I disagree. By the, by the way, on what Twitter, you said. At Floyd. Uh-huh. <laughs> the uh, by the way, the best uh, moment in the Loudrop uh, Rangers video is when he's uh, taking the uh, the uh, viewer on a tour of his wine cellar, and he just looks over his shoulder as he's walking into the thing, stares into the camera, and goes, uh, "Gascoin got cr- trapped in here for a week and didn't come out." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, he's just so glamorous, isn't he? Just in everything he does, and and that magnificent mane of hair that looks mm-hmm. as though God is his hairdresser. It's right. just I see. This is something I want to look up because I was just I was going through some of the tabs I had just to you know as as we were responding to things and stuff like that. On Ryan Kent's page, there is a uh, a Wikipedia page. There's a link to style of play. There's a there's a section on that. So see if we agree with this. Kent plays as a winger 
comfortable on both flanks, but mainly playing as a left winger. He can also play a second striker on an attack at, or an attacking midfielder. He's known for his dribbling ability, running with the ball, especially with one-on-one situations, as well as his work rate and crossing ability. Yeah, I agree with that. And the reason I, I'm, I, I was brought to mind of that is that there was um, during one of the, Dan- the Danish games during the Euros, I was thinking, well, wonder whatever happened to Stig Tofting. Because that guy was just he, that guy was Ben Grimm post radiation. Like he that guy was, was. I think he might have been like a coach with the Danes or something because people were mm-hmm. talking about him through the summer. So he's popped up again, and he was yeah. ju- he, he was Ram Man from He Man. Uh-huh. Well, here 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 is the first line of his Wikipedia page. Imagine this is your legacy. Tofting was a hard hitting defensive midfielder who often made rash tackles. <laughs> Can't can't argue nope. with that. Can't argue. Can't Cannot argue. argue with that. Yeah. You, you know, there there, there 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 was one last thing with, with Kent since we're still loving him, and I don't yes. know why we wouldn't. Yeah. But I actually watched back the um. Oh, when, when was that? Was that the 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 Christmas break, the one nil in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. where for the first time. I mentioned something about this on Twitter the other day because he, he set up Jack's goal, uh, the the one that uh, you know went through the posts on mm-hmm. Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. For the first time in years, the players in that side faced a reckoning that they hadn't seen because it wasn't fucking Jason Holt, mm-hmm. Dean Windass, or 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 Nicky Law. It was an honest-to-God player that was ragdolling them to death. And yeah. Brendan Rodgers saw that and fucked off. Five <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> like, well, so, I so am did not your man. waiting for that. <laughs> so did your man, the, the defender, what's his name, Lustig. Yeah, um, like, that, that began his, arg, me leg! Um, <laughs> you know, te- technique for defending any time he saw Ryan Kent. Like, oh, you'll never believe this, but yeah, has your leg gone again, Nickel? Yes, yeah, I thought it might have. Uh, no, he, he was br- right. Let's do questions because yeah. I did them this week. They, yes, David, David's in charge uh, of the questions, and I've I've got them. So right, best impression of Rabbi Hyman Krastovsky debating Krusty on whether to have men <laughs> on the post. Oh wait, that's whose line is it anyway? Um, just rip the piss out of Duffy one more time. Yes. The yeah. death of Jackie Mason. Very, Jackie very sad. Mm-hmm. Very sad. And, that, and then Dusty, Dusty Hill, two days later. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I was I, I was legitimately terrified Odenkirk was going to finish off the trilogy. Right. You know, because you had Mason, then Hill, and then Odenkirk sitting there dying in a hospital. But thankfully, mm-hmm. it looks like he's pulling. Uh, it's, it's just yeah. been, yeah. The, the, but, I mean, Jackie Mason was 93. So yeah. 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 yeah that, Dusty Hill, still, he was only 72. Uh-huh. But why would the know. why would the Rangers fans why would they why would they cheer Duffy why are they doing that why yeah, why, are why? They? why are they it's because you're a klutz you're always planning around you're a klutz you're a clown you're planning Look around you. right now um, just that voice he was also remember the Aardvark in the Pink Panther cartoons yes. was, yeah the the Aardvark and the Ant um, and he was that and just everything he did and years ago actually and people in the UK might remember this is he had a a show here. Um, which was you know, basically just that stand up, and he had, it was like six episodes, and it was on after the football on a Saturday night for six weeks, either late 80s or early 90s. And I just I, I remember this bit he did that was great at the end of it. He said, Right, it's time to go home now. Um, I love you all, but I can't invite you all back. I mean, 
I like to have a bit of a piece of toast before I go to bed. What if you don't like toast? That's guy in the audience went, I like toast. He went, what if I don't have enough bread? Now I'm going to feel awkward. You want me to feel awkward? Is that what you want? Oh, just, 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 he was, he was wonderful. He was wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, uh, what is your favorite movie to watch that most people wouldn't know about? That's uh, mm. Graham 55. Uh, I, well, I did. Biloxi Blues in in one of the desert islands ones. Right. So I, I, yeah. I apparently most of the listeners, but if you if you haven't seen it, you mm-hmm. should go watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great Neil Simon play it's and Chris Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken, yes, yes. The the Africa scene, Matthew Broderick playing <laughs> every stereotype of a New York Jew thrown yeah. into the South <laughs> that you could get, and yeah. uh, Christopher Walken trying to still overcome the deer hunter and show that he can do more besides uh, blow his brain out on screen mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and does yeah. it exceedingly well. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, there's a film from shockingly the mid nineties um, called love in a 45. Um, that's, it was kind of in keeping with that sort of, you know, kind of Tarantino esque after the success of reservoir dogs. You remember there was a spate of these kind of movies. Isn't it? Isn't it? Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Yep. Yeah, okay. Very All right. yeah, early. Yeah, yeah. Very early. Um, Gil Bellows and, and Renee Zellweger, very early right. performance. Um, and it was in, in that sort of uh, funny, but still, you know, creepy and, and quite dark. Uh, and it's, it's it's an underrated wee movie if, if anybody mm-hmm. wants to check it out. Um, I'm going to go old school. It's a movie I haven't seen in ages, but it was one that I watched on repeat. Uh, from the hip, a Judd Nelson law movie. Uh, <laughs> also stars John Hurt as the villain, um, who has a line in it that Skinny Puppy sampled. <laughs> Do you know what it takes to kill a human being? Not two brutes bashing each other through primitive. I'm talking about <laughs> the type of action that springs from absolute necessity, unclouded by the restraints of conscience, mercy, pity. Um, you also see there, you really sounded like the porno dealing monster in Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> Todd available to do your voicemail messages. Just $5. $5. You should start doing that. I um, should do cameos. Yeah. Somebody asked me about that actually. He's like, you know, David, would you do cameos? And the, the funny thing is, is that if anyone, I never understand why anyone would want one, but if anyone ever asks me for a message mm-hmm. for, you know, a family member or a subscriber or whatever, I always just do it and send it. And the idea of mm-hmm. charging for it seems a little, I don't know, just, you know, hi there, I'm David Edgar, and uh, all the boys <laughs> want to congratulate you on getting your <laughs> VD cleared up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I. I I, I don't think, you know, that that would necessarily be me. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway, um, another, that's from Mac the Sack, which I think is mm-hmm. a pretty good um, uh, a pretty good name. He says, uh, it's another Jackie Mason one. Who was the best, Jackie Mason's Rabbi Kristofsky or Rodney Dangerfield as Monty Burns' son? Uh, oh, dear. Uh, that's a th- Lazy, you're not kidding. Why, I'm like a rug on Valium. I'm talking lazy. Um, on that i saw a great tweet today where um somebody posted i hate lazy people and a guy replied why we haven't done anything yeah (laughs) i uh i gotta go i I, you know what as i i love jackie mason don't get me wrong but ronnie dangerfield is one of the best and for that for him to land on the simpsons was it was an absolute coup 
Um, did I ever tell you the the story about him and Eddie Murphy? Did I tell that on here? No. no. So uh, this is this is how perfect a comic he is, right? So Eddie Murphy is headlining a club in Florida two years before he got onto SNL at the age of nineteen. So he was seventeen headlining at a club, and uh, Rodney Dangerfield uh, comes into the club while the show's on. They put him up on stage, and he destroys the place. Eddie Murphy has to follow him does so and destroys the place so he's like like nothing was lost nothing at all because it, even after Roddy Dangerfield comes out holy shit it's Roddy Dangerfield and who's this kid blammo like nothing so he gets off stage he goes and Rodney's talking to Eddie Murphy and he goes hey kid you know what you gotta do you gotta and stop with the swearing and uh, the n-word and all that stuff that and uh, I don't know why he sounds like Jackie Mason so anyway um <laughs> two years I was later and why he was from when he when it was yeah, kid, yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the one thing I was looking for right there. Oh, right. Right. So, Rodney Dangerfield was no so, legend, but... Uh... Yes. So then uh, <laughs> two years later, um, uh, Eddie Murphy gets Saturday Night Live, sh- saves that show, and like three years pass after that, so now he's he's like Eddie Murphy famous, and he ends up in Vegas, and he, he's in the lineup backstage for some show or something like that that's going on, and he ends up right beside Rodney Dangerfield, and Rodney Dangerfield just looks at him, and the first words out of his mouth to Eddie Murphy are, hey, what do I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's a great story in the, the SNL book about Eddie Murphy that he would basically sort of hang around the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people would give him advice and stuff, and he would sort of listen politely and go, look, I know I'm funny. When I get my chance, that'll be it. Um, and, of course... He did, and Lord Michaels said to somebody um, watching, he wasn't the producer at the time, as, as I'm sure you know, Todd. It was mm-hmm. uh, Dick Ebersole. Uh, Dick Ebersole. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord Michaels phoned him up and went, that kid will make a million dollars before the year's out. Uh, and sure as fate, he said they had the checkup from trading places mm-hmm. um, up in his wall. And Dick Ebersole phoned Lord Michaels said, you were right, he's got the checkup up in his wall, a million dollars. He went, did he not cash it? He went, no, it's a copy. He cashed it. <laughs> 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 Which I think is, is fair enough. Um, moving on then, uh, Jamba says, what do you think really happened during the Diatlov uh, Pass incident? Oh, a- aliens. Obviously yeah. aliens. Yes. No, I, I don't I, I mean, I got... I, I assume anything with that, of course, the most logical answer is usually the correct answer. And it was probably a lot colder than they planned on. And when you get that cold, you just start doing really stupid shit. You know, you, you see it all the time in mountain climbing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, you you start taking clothes off and, and, and do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just going to stick with that. I'm not going to go with the... Uh, Russian nuclear test or uh, again aliens or anything. I'm I'm just gonna go with it was much 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 colder than they planned on, mm-hmm. and um, drove them insane. Bumblebees. That's my guess. Bumblebees. It's bumblebees. <laughs> I think it may have been time travel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm I'm good with all the crazy shit. I'm yeah, I think, go- I, I think it might have been time travel, but then I've been watching like six episodes of Futurama a day for the last <laughs> three months, so it might well be that. Scholar says, who of the new signings, including the winter 2021 windows, is Scott Wright? 
Jackson, mm-hmm. etc., has impressed you the most, and why is it fashion Sakala? <laughs> Sam ninety five seven for he is our god and we are the people. <laughs> he does look what, good. What, what uh, was it? Was it Hendry who said he was going to get Deuteronomy three twenty tattooed on his face or whatever? Make, him, make him do that. Make him do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah he, he looks. I think also. He just seems such a nice guy that yes. you know yeah. it's going to be very yeah. hard not to take. That's the heart. thing. There's, there's no. It's it's strangest thing now, and, and I think Jordan Jones might have been the only one that I didn't really like from a personality standpoint. Mm-hmm. There isn't anybody in the side though that isn't just a really really nice cunt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like in Morales, yeah, you know, if he was on them, obviously it'd be a different story, but he's not. So mm-hmm. I don't have to think about that. I love everybody in this team. Yeah. Is Can it, I get a shout a... out? Sorry, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, the, you even had an apology and a phrase that didn't contain an apology there in your voice. <laughs> I admire that. Um, but uh, a shout out to uh, Crowpod Superfan and original Crowpod Superfan and Crowpod to guest David Marshall, mm-hmm. who uh, showed us the other day one of his Facebook memories and it was the day that Rangers signed Ian Black and David mm-hmm. had posted, I have a feeling that um, a guy I really disliked a few months ago, I'm going to really like soon. And he posted it to us with the message, never been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was, I was going to say, like, I, you're absolutely right. There isn't one person in this team that I don't like. And is that. Is it a testament? I'm going to throw this out there. Is this a testament of the type of team that we've built together that we want everyone like like even fashion, like, you know, when when you see the interviews with him, like he's as consistent as if, you know, it was an interview with Goldson and he just like kind of got there. Like everyone that kind of put in front of the camera has has a lot of great things to say about this club, about the fan base, like and, and, and we're pouring it right back like we're in this perfect moment right now of kind of everything kind of feeding off itself kind of kind of in the same system. It's like, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Again, why uh, don't boo the fucking players this weekend. Yeah. Don't ruin this moment that we're building. Yeah. I I think that all you can really ask for, I mean, you want them to be good, right? But it's kind of not players fault if they're signed and they're not, good that mm-hmm. needs to go in the manager so I, I think all you can really ever ask is no wage thieves and I think you know all joking aside you see that at Celtic that there are a few of them right now who just do not mm-hmm. do not want to be there they're starting 11 yeah that's basically um, and that I think and none of our lads are like that you know they're hard working and they're conscientious yeah. and they're some good guys I mean they're even all like quiet little Christian guys mm-hmm. um you know, yeah. it, it certainly wasn't like that in our days. When right. basically the first team players, they played football and then they went out and you know destroyed Glasgow <laughs> over a weekend, <laughs> right? I mean, so um, it, it, it's not like that at all. And, and they, they just seem such decent human beings. Um, you, you, speaking, you, you know, with the wage staff, there there was one laugh at them moment that we haven't gotten to, which is Joe Hart, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is. Fucking amazing! The Dermot's I... solution is to go. Oh, don't, are you gonna piss water on this? Come on! No, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna <laughs> give a shout out to to um one of the one of our listeners who tweeted us with that saying they'd be better off with Bret Hart and yeah. a Celtic fan, a fucking they'd Celtic be better off fan. With Owen Hart. He tweeted there? that. <laughs> a Celtic fan tweeted that. 
creep the bear off with a horn heart. And I was like, me? <laughs> now, you thought it and didn't go there. Todd thought it and didn't go there. I thought it and didn't go there. But he did, which yeah. reminds me. He'd be of, better with heart and heart the t or heart to heart the TV show. That, that was a good TV <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, but it, it reminds me of years ago, a place I walked in, did a typical office, right? Nothing major. There was this girl in HR. She was a bit annoying, right? But you know, perfectly nice, wee bit posher than everybody else, and had a wee bit more money from her parents. And she she came in one day and said, uh, "Have I got the best boyfriend in the world or what?" Now I <laughs> thought it and didn't say it. The guy across from me thinks it and doesn't say it. The girl across from me thinks it and doesn't say it. But the guy next to me goes, why did you take it up the arse from him? Yeah. <laughs> Cue tears and running away. She, apparently he'd, he'd got our Kings of Leon tickets or whatever. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, I would rather take it up the arse than, than go and see Kings of Leon. But, uh, I, right, I, she, I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind tickets to see Leon King. But not Kings. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is for you, Shane. Um, Bigfoot okay. guy, guy in a costume or an eight-foot creature roaming the woods of America. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Short, short, short sweet. Um, yeah. Tremendo uh, says, "Are Skechers golf shoes cool or what?" I'm going to mm-hmm. go with what. What? Yep. 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 I, I, um, the golf. Our good friend Wilf Marshall with a cracker. What would be the ideal franchises in the various US sports for the identical Florida man? It's nailed on he'd support Celtic if he was a Scottish football fan. (laughs) (laughs) There's no Uh, question. There's no question. Fred West was a Celtic fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I'm trying to, I don't know, all the Florida franchises do a pretty good job. Of sure. Already. Yeah. So. Jackson, Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're all Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, what, what about Canada, Todd? Is there any, any team <sighs> there that, that uh, appall you as a human being? <laughs> um, I well, hate the, the, the Canadians. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I, uh, as a Senators fan, I have no, uh, dog in this fight. Um, I would, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I hated the Edmonton Eskimos. I just loathed that team. Um, and they also okay. play in green. So fuck oh, them. They, yeah. Florida man can, that's Florida man's yeah. team. And, for, for and they're, they're right in the middle of, uh, Canada's <laughs> Florida. Alberta. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we will wrap up with this because we always enjoy these. It's hard to be funny on them, but we always enjoy these. Jordan Spears says, favorite album or song from the year of your buff? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, Well, let's see. I was born in 1984, so I'll probably go with um, 1984, I think. That that would be the year to go for. (laughs) Right. I think initially, as we're all sorting out, the best album from the year of our buff, a good starting point, as indeed, as Shane has demonstrated, I think rather ably, <laughs> the year of our buff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I will take the album, and uh, of course, Ghostbusters came out the week I was born, which is oh, wow. my favorite movie. So right. there you go. Uh, um, Panama, was... best song on that album. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. uh, so the Cubs use that as their music. 
uh, in that season for like their their bumpers for commercials and coming in and out of games and everything. Mm-hmm. Every single one was Panama. It There's was just... nothing nothing more eighties America to me than it really does kind of capture that the, the vision of that era or the sound of that era for me. Um, I was nineteen seventy seven, which was you know pretty pretty good year for music. Uh, movie obviously Star Wars. Yeah, um, I think yeah, yes. uh, I, uh, I think that would be that goes without saying. Album, uh, I'm gonna have to go for a punk one, and I'm gonna have to go for the daddy. So I'll go for uh, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Right. Um, I got 1969. Wow. God, you're old. Shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You um, are. You are 15 years older than Shane, which means that that that's legal to drink in Scotland, practically. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I was going to make the Lee Griffiths joke, but... Yeah, yeah, like, like, <laughs> there's no need. We all... We made, we we, made all the way. We're right can at I the just end go, of the episode. Can I just go back to, I thought it and didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't you hate pants? <laughs> 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 as he gets them chucked to the stage um movie i'm gonna say probably italian job thank you very 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 fine movie yeah uh, sorry, my dog, sorry my dogs have got very excited about right the, of the italian um, job i actually you know what i i i retract that one i'm gonna go on her majesty's secret service the only lazenby um and for album stand by sly and the family stone Oh, that's magnificent. Uh, yeah. uh, Butch Cassidy was 1969. That's that's tough to look past. That is true. That yeah. is true. That, Actually, I, I, I think I know what I'm watching the second we get done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously is, from the hip. Yeah, the such, John Nelson. <laughs> such, yeah, well, you definitely are. But it is such a wonderful movie. And, and you know, has there ever been two more cooler mofos than those two? Um wow. Uh, I I slightly prefer the Sting. Um, well, the, the, the there's sting, not much in it. No, yeah. I, I, there, there was a guy the other day. He was looking for like the quintessential Chicago movies, and of course, everybody's like Blues Brothers. Bump. It was like how how the uh, there were like sixty responses to this tweet from a journalist or something. Nobody mentioned the Sting yet. It's mm-hmm. like you're all just fucking horrible people. Oh, first it's, one I think of is Running Scared. The... <laughs> yeah, Love that ones. movie. First yep. one I think of is Chicago, but I'm a very literal human being. <laughs> uh, um, but no, I, I, I must admit, Shane, I, much as I love this thing, if, if you, you say Chicago, I do think Blues Brothers, um, yeah. which is yeah. you know, a testament to, to how great the movie is. Have you seen, have you forced yourself or put yourself through Blues Brothers 2000? No, absolutely mm. not. <laughs> wow. No. Wow. No. No, it's it, honestly, it's you would think Quentin Tarantino directed it. It's it's honestly, yeah. it's but no, I, um, I the soundtrack is great, and and when it came out, I was working in in a, a video store, so I used to put it on a lot, you know, as background noise because the soundtrack in it is absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. But the, Dan Aykroyd, why just just you know, John Belushi is looking down on you uh, or up, uh, for being mm-hmm. honest, yeah, and. Yeah. <laughs> I I just Dan, what? Why did you do it? You were my brother, Dan. You know, and, and and you did this to me. And I love John Goodman, I really do. But mm-hmm. 
even he could, could. And I also like the casting you know, there. The, the, the we need a fat guy. Jared Goodman is that it's not Jim Belushi. So no. can, you, <laughs> can you imagine how many voice messages Dan Aykroyd had from Jim Belushi? Right. <laughs> just just checking in. I'm about to book yeah, my, hey, my hey, holiday hey, Dan, plans. Heard you, heard you working on the... <laughs> yeah, don't don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to arrange anything uh, just in case, you know, no pressure but uh, just in case you might need me uh, and then the last one going you fucker, as he's sitting there with like a, a, bo- a bottle of, of, of fortified wine just going, you fucker the one film I thought I was guaranteed to get I fucking got John Goodman just because he's talented mm-hmm. <laughs> David, oh, quickly. David sorry a, a quick 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 joke here david cross has this lovely uh kind of jazz style joke where um you just basically improv your way through it and he takes this guy sees a friend of his and goes hey uh why is the band-aid on your head and he takes him through like all these things like he fell down thing it's just, oh that's why i did it. oh no i fell off a cliff and i did it. oh so that's how you did it no and he goes and then i ended up i landed on a mattress and then i just nicked it on the corner oh you were the luckiest person in the world he goes no jim belushi is the luckiest person in the world <laughs> Uh, I love the David Cross meme that's kicking about now from Arrested Development that's being used for bad decisions in football. And the reason I bring this up is that I saw it last night when the Joe Hart thing, funnily enough, came up. And it's David Cross saying, it never works. Everyone thinks it will, but it never works for anybody. But it just might work for us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm just... I'm really, really, really looking forward to them finishing that deal because not only has he just fallen off a cliff talent wise, he's a complete asshole and it's going to be great in that dressing room because he's going to be on more money than anyone in there. (laughs) It's just going to be fucking fantastic. Uh, Housekeeping, housekeeping, the Hawaiian shirt. So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to combine two things. We're going to make this real fucking easy. Um, All you got to do is add the new crow pod feeds to whatever thing you're doing. And I'm going to go on the honor system with you assholes because for some reason I trust you. So you go to anchor.fm slash crow pod, right? And you can add to Spotify or Google or Apple or fucking whatever it is that you listen to your podcast on because there is stuff coming to that, that, you know, there's still going to be this on heart and hand and some of the regular stuff, but then we're going to do stuff over there that doesn't really make sense on heart and hand because I'm bored and this is all I have to do anymore. So anchor.fm slash pod, update your feeds, then get on Twitter and tell me that you did it. And I will just put your name into the drawing. I don't know. We'll, we'll do it till next week or something or two weeks. I'll, I'll decide whenever the fuck I want to, but then you get the sweet ass wine shirt. You will get one of the most amazing shirts that you could ever, ever possibly own. So I, I think that covers all the bases with that. Mm-hmm. One. <laughs> um, as far as the show coming soon, uh, I do have another tour show that I'm almost done with. And we are going to go back before that, as I said on Twitter, and look at one of my favorite games, the uh, Moedu game, also known as the Kevin Thompson just rattling Robbie Keane for 90 minutes game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that will be coming soon and i think that will do it todd you can find on twitter at hey it's tba find everything he's doing at hey it's tba.com anything coming up 
Uh, we're taking August off for write them up, but there are some live shows coming about soon. So uh, if you're in the Ottawa and nation's capital area, uh, slide by HayesTVA.com for more details. There you go. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, of course, Davey, you can find on everything hard in hand on Twitter at Ibrox Rocks. Thanks again, Davey. Yeah, and you can also email me abuse, apparently. But um, can, can <laughs> yeah, I just say... Send, a, send my abuse to David. Don't it's send so, it directly. Yeah, it's such a shame that you're doing the Moeda game because Todd's, uh, Todd's... Shane's football podcast, he, they're brilliant, right? They're so well-produced and professional and research and brilliant. And there's going to be a whole swathe of people who are not listening because, you know, you've annoyed them today. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. They'll be the same ones that racially abused they do in the parking lot, right? So it's a, it's a very small Venn diagram. <laughs> uh, onion headline of the week. Broad-shouldered man could carry seven, no, nine whole parrots. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. All right, that'll do it. Like I said, don't forget anchor.fm slash crowpod. Let me know that you've added it. You can find me on Twitter at avoid, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. That was a heart and hand production.